Hey everyone, I'm Ron Johnson and this is Locked On Sports Minnesota's Roundtable. It's Friday and the weather is actually nice in Minnesota, which means there's going to be some baseball played today. Not the Masters type of weather. We know it's beautiful down there in Georgia, but I can see the sun, the wind's not blowing, there's no snow falling. So this has to be a nice Friday, an Easter Friday. It's a good Friday to everybody out there. So I want to say to everybody out there, do something nice for anybody. Next person you see, just do something nice for them today. Um, that's what Good Friday is all about. And also, we know what it's really about. It's all about remembering what Jesus did for us, which is dying on the cross. But when we jump into this show today, fellas, we got to get locked in on a couple topics. So start with you, Luke. What we're locking in on today. Yeah, Ron, who's the best wideout running back tandem in the NFL? A lot of people think Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook should be at the top. I'm going to unveil my top three list and get your guys' takes. The Gophers are playing for a title. Yes, a major athletic program could win a championship on Saturday. We're going to talk about that. Wow. Wow. Coming after that, though, the Twins finally made it to their home opener today. How long would the game take? Well, the Pelicans are doing some things that we didn't think they could do, which was beat the Grizzlies. What does that mean for the Timberwolves and their playoff hopes? We'll talk about that next, coming up on the roundtable. And remember, people, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On Sports Minnesota. Just go to fanduel.com backslash uh, locked on to make every moment more and get started. And also, uh, Masters Parlays, I'm going to mention some during the show. I got a good one for you. It's possible. And you want to get in early. Why the odds are in your favor? Because uh, this cut, it's it's getting further and further and further. We know the cut is the top 70 players. Right now, it's some bad ones down there that can help out your parlay ticket. So make sure you jump on to FanDuel.com just to get started. That's FanDuel.com backslash locked on to get started today. Well, fellas, we're going to jump into this topic uh, out the gate I want to I start it out with some fire, hot fire. I'm Ron Johnson. That's Luke Inman. We got Sam Maxim and Reggie Wilson from Care 11. And we're going to start with Luke's topic because it's a hot one. Luke, you said that there are some top three. So there was a tweet, and I, I saw this. Dalvin Cook actually retweeted it. Mm -hmm. uh, Pro Football Focus said that is is there any better duo in the NFL? And of course, other players commented and, you know, you guys are forgetting about Alvin Kamara. Don't don't count him out because he's been hurt. Whatever. Everybody has their, their idea. And there's also I got a fun one we're going to talk about, too, uh, towards the end of the show. Another player debate. Some players started this and we're going to debate that as well. A little football talk. But you have a list. Luke, give it to us. Your top three wide receiver running back combos in the NFL coming up for the 2023 season. Yeah, I get it. We're all maybe a little biased here in Minnesota, but Vikings have the number one wide receiver in the NFL with JJ, period. Dalvin, many people still think he's a special talent, top five running back in the league, coming off, what, four straight 1,000-yard seasons, four straight Pro Bowls. You stack him up to some of the league's best, Christian McCaffrey, Josh Jacobs, Derek Henry. He's right in that mix. So you got the best wide receiver and a top five running back. No one else in the league, Ron, has that kind of talent at both positions. And when you look at the value of wide receiver over running back in the NFL right now, I start to think about who's the other top receivers in the league. All right, Tyree Kill in Miami. All right, his running backs, Raheem Mostert. Ah, that doesn't do much for me. Stephon Diggs playing with James Cook. 
Again, just not on that same level with his brother, Dalvin Cook. Cooper Cup and Cam Akers, not really there. A.J. Brown and Rashad Penny. I think you go through the list, Ron. The only two that are close to J.J. and Cook would be Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs in Vegas. Jacobs obviously led the league in rushing last year. Devontae's a top three receiver in a lot of people's minds. And then check out Dallas, C.D. Lamb and Tony Pollard. That would be my number three. Right behind them, Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall, New York. Out of all of them, maybe the most potential to move up on the list. But obviously, they were both rookies last year. They got to show they can be dominant for years to come. Fellas, tell me if I'm wrong. What do you like? What do you disagree with when it comes to that wide receiver running back tandem? Yeah, I like where your head's at, Luke. Um, I think that Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams is an awfully good pairing, but they, they have a much smaller sample size, right? I mean, they've got one year together. Josh Jacobs was incredible. Devontae Adams was pretty good. Probably not quite as good as he was with Rodgers, but um, it's also hard to get super on board with that tandem when they didn't win anything, right? It didn't lead to anything. Whereas Justin Jefferson and Dalvin Cook, they've done this for three years now. Uh, thousand yard seasons for each of them, all three years. And the Vikings won 13 games last year. So while while I do think Dalvin Cook is somewhat in decline and might be gone from this team, um, I could I could definitely justify putting them number one. What you got, Reggie? So uh, one duo that I was thinking of that are not a duo anymore because he moved the running back moved on is Miles Sanders and AJ Brown. Like they were a problem last year in Philly. But now, you know, Miles Sanders is a Carolina Panther. Uh, one that that still just kind of, you know, makes me say, OK, maybe uh, you look at Nick Chubb and Amari Cooper. I think mm -hmm. because they are two guys that just kind of put their head down and, and go to work. You know, Nick Chubb is one of those old school. He's got the the tape on his fingers, no gloves like he's like a throwback player. But all he does is just get yardage and touchdowns. And then Amari Cooper last year, quietly. 78 receptions, 1,100 yards, nine touchdowns. Pretty productive. So I think I like your uh, list, Luke, and I agree with it. Those are the only ones that I think I would maybe push up there to compete. Yeah, for me, when I look at this list, uh, it's tough. I, honestly, like you can go any direction. I do like the Luke list or the list Luke. Mm -hmm. um, I will say Justin Jefferson and, and Dalvin Cook statistically are the best. So, you I mean, Justin Jefferson is number one, Dalvin Cook's number six. Nobody else has that combo when you go through the list. It's funny the Tennessee Titans had it with Derrick Henry and A.J. Brown, but they were dumb enough to trade him off um, because Derrick Henry is number two. You put A.J. Brown up there, if they're teammates, they would mm -hmm. be the best tandem. Uh, and that's why I think Vrabel was so pissed off when they went behind his back and did it. Uh, yeah, Miles Sanders is gone now. Uh, you look at Justin Fields, he could be the best running back for the Bears. Or not, could be. he is the best rusher for the Bears. He doesn't even have a receiver to throw to right now, so that's going to hold him back. Uh, Christian McCaffrey has more receiving yards than, or sorry, more, uh, yeah, close to more receiving yards than uh, Debo Samuel. So I was going to say Debo and Christian McCaffrey, but Debo wasn't really up there. We know he got hurt. Um, so could put injury in there, but yeah, that, that's a tough one for me, but Justin Jefferson and Dalvin Cook right now, at least if Dalvin stays, they are the top duo. Like people can say whatever they want. Uh, the fun one, we're going to talk about the end of the show though, or not the end, but towards the end, uh, there was another player tweet. And one of the players, I think for the Buccaneers said, if we were to take the fastest running back receiver, DB linebacker from every team, hmm. who would have the fastest four by one? 
And and so I want you guys to kind of think that over because I was saying the fastest team because you got AJ Waddle or sorry uh, Jalen Waddle and uh, Tyreek Hill in the same team plus I think they had Xavier Howard so I'm like in that instance they would have been the fastest last year like they would have be been the fastest four by one regardless of position just take your four fastest players but when you stipulate it's got to be one receiver one running back one DB one linebacker. Okay, we can talk. And so there, there's a bunch of players out there debating that. So we'll get into that. But next topic, we got we to step up and talk about this, people. The Frozen Four, Minnesota Gophers. I am wearing the shirt today. You know, I uh, saw the players as well. Uh, the Gophers put out an Instagram video, get, you know, telling their brothers to go out there. Let's go win this uh, for Minnesota. It is the state of hockey. So when you're the state of hockey, I mean, I know Mankato is a part of Minnesota. I know uh, St. Cloud is a part of Minnesota. But you're, the word Minnesota really sticks with the University of Minnesota. And so when you think about the Frozen Four, Sam, give us a little rundown of what's going on right there. You got it. Uh, Gophers are headed to the title game. Yesterday, they beat Boston 6-2. to And guys, not very often where you win a game 6-2 to and you walk away saying, ah, we should have won by more. <laughs> the, the Gophers hit three posts. They had one puck that was controversially stopped on the goal line that was very close to being in. They had a goal that was overturned controversially. They were so much better than Boston for all 60 minutes. And the fact that they went into the third period tied at two, you were nervous. You said, oh man, the Gophers have played so much better for 40 minutes, and yet here they are in a tie. Well, they come out in the third period just storming the net. Uh, they rattle off four in a row. They win it six to two. The Gophers have outscored their three opponents in the tournament 12 nothing in third periods. Mm. In third periods. Uh, they're, they're peaking right now, guys. Everything's working. Defensemen are scoring. The lower lines are scoring. Everybody's in on the action. The passing, the energy, the spacing, they're so cohesive right now. Uh, it'd be a shame if they get to this point and aren't able to bring it home. It's been 20 years since their last title, and uh, how great would it be for the Gophers to bring another title back to Minnesota and Dinkytown? And who are they playing in the championship, Sam? Quinnipiac, the Quinnipiac. I I, I'm looking at it. I wanted Stop you to say that. it. I wanted to make sure I didn't say it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to say it wrong because I've yeah. heard the hockey hockey names and words. Like there's letters in there. There shouldn't be like Brady Shea. Like that's not a name. Like S K J E. I think is how you spell it or something like that. Or like, come on, man. Like get, get, put an H and an A in there and a Y. Like, come on, that's your name. Mm -hmm. uh, but Quinnipiac versus the Gophers. Uh, what happened to Mankato and some of those other teams? Saint Cloud State, Sam, real quick. Yep, so Mankato and St. Cloud State played each other in the first round, actually. Mm -hmm. A lot of people didn't like that, but St. Cloud State beat Mankato. The Gophers beat St. Cloud State. So the Minnesota teams kind of got ousted quickly because they were all in the same region. Uh, so Minnesota looked conspiracy. like... Conspiracy. It looked like... Yeah, conspiracy. It looked like it was going to be Minnesota-Michigan in the championship. Ooh. That was the big rivalry all year long. Michigan beat the Gophers in the Big Ten title game, but then Quinnipiac knocks off Michigan. So we don't know as much about Quinnipiac. We're not as familiar. They're an East Coast program. They don't play any of the same teams we do, so we don't know how it's going to match up. It's going to be really interesting. All right, really quick, Reggie, what do you think about that? Yeah, uh, I watched last night and just saw Quinnipiac just come out and just blitz Michigan. It was it was interesting too, though, because I think the Gophers are clearly the best team left out of the two. They showed it. I mean, last night they had a what like a week and some change off, 
And they go out there and they're just absolutely just killing it with Boston, but they had no goals to show for it. And you're just like, here we go. Here we go. And then, you know, Bob Moscow's looking a little tight. And, you know, he's trying to exercise some demons. He's never made it past the 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 frozen four round as a head coach. And, you know, he knows the history because he was an assistant on the last uh, Gophers championship team. So, like, he's probably a little tight in the cheeks. Everybody's getting a little tight. But uh, our, we sent our guy Will Hall down there, and he talked to Brock Faber, and they were just – saying that he was kind of the guy that was like, okay, y'all, look, we've been here before. We were here last year. We've been thinking about that loss in the Frozen Four from last year all year up until this point. We can't lose. And then they come out and just score four goals in third, and it, it's it's over. You know, it's, it's history. So I, I think I, I never want to – because I'm, I'm living in Minnesota now, and I understand you can't just assume – Minnesota is going to win anything because that would just be wrong. But I think that they have the talent to win it all. Luke, thoughts? Yeah, Sam, I was just going to ask you, it sounds like this team couldn't be playing any hotter, playing any better right now, got all the momentum. What's the one thing that you still worry about in the back of your mind? What's the one maybe weakness or Achilles heel that could hold them back if they do end up losing that game? Um, I mean, I, I love Justin Close. I guess I guess goaltending. Okay. Um, I and, and Close has been great all year, but he's also protected by a wonderful group of defensemen. Like that is really the Gophers' defense. As much as it is close, it's it's the the blue liners they have in front of him. Um, I don't think Close is necessarily the guy that's going to go make forty saves and and shut out a team. Like he he does give up a couple a game. Uh, he's not the best goaltender in, in the Big Ten by any means, I don't think. Um, I think that if he just has an off night, I think that could could hurt him. And the Quinnipiac is a very good defensive team. I don't know if the Gophers will be able to score six goals on them like they did Boston. So it might be a little tighter game. Well, if they lose, this could be another chance for a movie of Miracle on Ice and the mm -hmm. Gophers are upset by Quinnipiac and uh, they make Quinnipiac to be like uh, Iceland uh, in the Mighty Ducks and their, you know, their coach comes out with the slick back hair and the, and, and the, and the nice uh, hot date or something, you know, and the coach for the Gophers. I don't know. They, they could make this a movie, though. I feel like Minnesota always finds a way to make movies out of Minnesota hockey. Um, but, you know, I'm a, go I'm a Gopher, so I am cheering for the Gophers to win this because then I get to, like, tweet and, and make fun of the Badgers as other people do it because I don't even know Badgers, Gophers hockey right now, but I just love to see the people argue on Twitter about it and then people uh, swear, like, I'm involved, and so I, I just love it. I just love to pick on Iowa and Wisconsin whenever I can. And so for the Gophers to go out and win this, and then we'll have to hear people say, well, you guys can't beat us in football. And blah, blah. So, mm -hmm. yeah, this, this should be a fun night. Uh, or, sorry, net tomorrow should be a fun night after the Gophers win and beat Quinnipiac 1-2. to two. Uh, We have a word from our sponsor, but remember, before we do, um, everybody, you can download Locked On Sports Minnesota on YouTube. It's free. Just go to YouTube. If you don't have a YouTube account, it's just your email. Create a quick account, and then you subscribe. Subscribe to our Locked On Sports Minnesota YouTube channel. We really appreciate. We really need the follows and the subscribers. Also, wherever you get your podcast, iTunes, Spotify, uh, wherever you get them, just same thing. When you're on there looking at your iHeartMedia app, just hit subscribe or follow. It will put you into the Locked On Sports Minnesota family, and then you'll get all of our updates, whether it's a 10-minute, a 6-minute, or 25- or 30-minute podcast. You'll get all the updates to be able to consume at your leisure. And we have a word from our sponsors. And we need nine more subscribers to get to 5,000. Be the 5,000th subscriber, and uh, you, can, uh, you can feel good about that. I don't think we have a prize. <laughs> you, can just, you can feel really good about that. Uh, we're brought to you by 
FanDuel Sportsbook, America's number one sportsbook. Ron Johnson's been telling me about his Masters parlays. Uh, the NBA playoffs are almost here. NHL almost here. Great time to join FanDuel if you're a new customer. Get a no-sweat first bet. Up to $1,000 back in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, download that safe, secure FanDuel Sportsbook app, and you can bet on everything, and I mean everything, every sport, every line, every league. Check it out. Stack those bets up in a same-game parlay for big payouts. Don't miss your chance at a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 back in bonus bets at FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel.com slash locked on. I need Tony Finau to win the Masters, y'all. So wish that into <laughs> existence. Make every moment more with FanDuel. Well, Luke, or sorry, Luke, Sam needs Tony Fee now, but right now, and I am kicking myself because Brooks Kepka, I could have had him instead of Cam Smith, and Brooks Kepka now has the lead. He is minus 10. He is minus three on the day. He had a minus seven yesterday. He, he shot seven under, and now he's at three under. Man, Brooks Kepka right now is in the lead. Jason Day right behind him. Uh, John Rahm. You got Bennett, the amateur. So I'm I'm honestly pulling for the amateur. I would love to see the amateur win this. Uh, Bennett, he went out there and shot crazy yesterday. Uh, four under. He's at five under today. Uh, minus one to start. Uh, Morikawa and so on and so forth. Adam Scott, my guy at minus four. Uh, we'll talk about our master's pool. And, and this might be a good time to do it. But before we get jump into that, also, remember, on FanDuel, you can go in right now. And so because of Brooks Kepka, he's changing the narrative of these bets. They're live. So if you want to go in right now, a bogey-free round, you still can bet on Brooks Kepka to have a bogey-free round or Jason Day, plus 300, plus 500. Uh, also, the winning score, is it going to be minus 16 or better or minus 15 or worse? <laughs> we did have a little uh, master's uh, round table uh, kind of bet. And uh, Sam, let's show our guys right now where we're at in the lead. This was before the start of today's uh, round. What does it look like? All right. So we each picked a four-man team. We had different tiers. So we had the best 10, then the next 10, then the next 10, the next 10. Our top three scorers count. So we dropped the bottom. So and I should have had Brooks Kepka. Dang it. Ah. Th ah, you didn't. You didn't, though. You didn't. I thought, though. Look I who's thought don't pick the big name. Look who's of, leading. Of course, Sam's winning. Sam, by one, though, Ron, you still have a pretty good team. Here's what your team looks like you've got Cam Smith, Xander Shoffley, Minwoo Lee, and Adam Scott. And Adam well, Minwoo Scott Lee, I got confused. Yeah. yeah, Adam Scott helped me out, but Cam Smith, you're letting me down. Uh, I, I took advice from somebody I shouldn't have took advice from. Talk about man, Cam Smith's been playing pretty good. I should have just stuck with Brooks Kepka because he's the name I know. Like I love saying Brooks Kepka. I also love saying Bryson DeChambeau. So I should have I should have stuck with the names I know. Yeah, well, if you <laughs> yeah you shouldn't have taken DeChambeau. He's having a tough day or a tough. Well, I'm glad uh, I did take tournament him. so far. Here's my team. This is the winning team, the leading team. Uh, John Rahm starts <laughs> off with a double bogey. Uh, just minus nine from that point on. Uh, tied for the lead after one day. Cameron Young, nice start. Uh, Luke, here, here's what you've got. Uh, that's a pretty stacked top of your roster, Luke. Scotty and Colin. Um, Scotty, obviously the defending champ. You like that group? I loved it, Sam, going in. Now, it's still early. One day in, I know I'm in dead last place. But a lot can happen, as we know, in the next three days of the Masters. So I'm still feeling confident, Sam. I'm fine. I like that roster. 
Yeah, and Reg Reg gets Will Zalatoris, who withdraws before he even starts with Yay. an injury. That's a, that's a confidence builder. I know Reggie did a lot of research before he picked these two. So <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> so just you know, just spirit of transparency. We did the auto draft on mine because it's just been a busy week. But I am very happy to have Jordan Spieth at the top. He's three under right now. He can surge. I'm looking forward to to seeing what he can do over the next uh, few days. I, I got faith in my boy Speedy, as I call him. See, the problem is, too, I, I thought big names don't pick them. Like Roy McIlroy, I was like, nah, big names have been letting people down. And that's why I didn't go with Brooks Kepka because I love him. Like, he's a, I'm watching it right now on my TV, and he's a big name. But I forgot about his side-eye meme that became national treasure when he got mad when uh what's his Bryce Bryson DeChambeau walked behind him and he did the like shut up I roll drive the like that was national treasure uh that was like Caitlin Clark uh versus Angel Reese like that's that's what that bought to golf right there like that we need more of that we need more golfers telling the truth of who they do not like but yeah no I, I like everybody's list this is one thing I know about golf it can change it can change in a minute because somebody can go on a heater and somebody else can get that confidence where you just don't have it. Like Tiger, sometimes he has it, sometimes he don't. They're showing the leaderboard right now. Uh, like you said, Sam Bennett, five, the amateur. Like, I'm looking for the amateur to pull this one out. And this was, was crazy. He can't collect the money if he wins. Like, if he wins, he has to just walk away, maybe get some NIL money. They have to change those rules. But you know what? We got to talk about baseball. Let's jump into this Reggie's topic of the day. The Minnesota Twins, uh, one pitch clock, clock, cl uh, ooh, pitch clock. <laughs> I, I, I had the uh, the 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 uh, what's her name, uh, Diana Taurasi in my head when she kept talking about the game cocks. Uh, so I don't know why that was in my head. <laughs> I just watched that video again because it came up of uh, her and 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 Megan and uh, Sue Bird. So sorry about that. It's pitch clock. Uh, but the pitch clock has been a big deal. Uh, you're seeing batters. Uh, you just saw uh, Shohei Otani get uh, in the same game, get a batting uh, one and a pitching one in the same game. History has been made already. Like the first person in pitch clock history to get one as a pitcher and a batter in the same game. I don't think that'll ever happen again because I don't I, like we don't have a lot of that. Uh, but Reggie, what, what are your thoughts right now on the twins? Uh, they were undefeated at one point and then going about your point. Yeah, it's 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 interesting, you know. Like at first they were hot, it's like, oh yeah, they're gonna go one sixty two and oh. You know, <laughs> they're gonna win them all. <laughs> but then, you know, they, they come back down the size and it's interesting because over a two day span, uh Sunday, Monday, they score like eighteen runs, and then all of a sudden, like the bats just couldn't do anything. And then you got games that are one is like a buck fifty seven. Uh, this last game that they lost five to two to the Marlins. So like still a, a good amount of run scored. That game was only two hours and 10 minutes. I remember looking up at the TV being like, oh, okay, it's the sixth. And I started doing some work and I look back up at the TV again and they had like some paid programming on. Cause you know, Bally's programming is, is interesting. We won't go there, but I looked up and I'm just like, is it over? Like, wait a minute. I look at the final score. I'm like, oh, it, it ended 30 minutes ago. Where have I been? Like, these games are just flying by. Like, I have uh, live shots tonight on the news at 5 and at 6, and we're like, okay, by the sportscast, if we can maybe get some post-game sound in, then that would be cool. But uh, we don't know. And then I'm like, Psh, we probably will. That game might be over close to before, uh, before 6 o'clock. 
or after my five o'clock hit on the news. So it, it's going to be interesting to see how things go. The Astros are not having a great start out of the gate. So the twins can kind of take advantage, but they got to score some runs. They've been kind of run deficient uh, since Monday. What is it think, too Luke? fast now? It, I know it sounds crazy to say, but is it almost too quick? Like if I buy a ticket at full price, I'm thinking, hey, should I be getting a discount or something under <laughs> two hours? Like, so Luke, <laughs> to, your, to your point, to your point, the concessions, maybe they're taking a bit of a hit. Somebody should probably oh, do good a point. story with that because yeah, it's point. like the game is not that long. So like people don't visit the concessions as often. Uh, as they as they were before so uh, that that could be something they extended beer sales through the eighth inning now i saw that's a a one change that they have made Uh, i think what's happening is (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh the uh these these billionaire owners aren't getting their ticket sale or their concessions yeah i know well i feel like i yeah i don't know if all that goes to the team or like the vendors make the money i don't know i don't know how that works but um, what's happening is that the pitchers are so focused on being quick that they're not, I mean, I know they limited it to 15 seconds, but they're taking like seven seconds. Like they're right. getting the ball, they're getting on the mound and they're throwing and the pitch clock still has seven or eight seconds on it. So at, it's really, it hasn't just cut off a couple seconds. It's cut off a lot of time because they're just, they're so, they don't want to run that clock down to the end. So it seems like for every pitch, they're probably saving like 20 seconds, and that adds up uh, mm-hmm. over the course of a game. It's It's been wild, and what, in four games, Reggie, out of the six, the Twins have scored two or less. I think that this pitch yeah. clock favors the pitchers. I don't know I don't know why that is yep. exactly, but it seems like it's favoring the defense. I think it, it does. Favors, it also favors this husband. I am married to a woman who grew up going to White Sox games, and she said either we're going to get there at the fifth inning or we're leaving at the fifth inning, but we're not staying for the whole thing. So now this could be a situation where it's like, hey, babe, we could stay. This game might only be like two hours. It could be an hour and a half. You never know. (laughs) Well, this is what I say about it. The pitch clock one, I think it's taking the Astros and they're cheating out of it because you don't have time to get the signs relayed. And and, and, and again, we know they can say whatever they want. Like the dude, they got his jersey pulled off, forgot who that was. Um, but there was something under like electronic under his jersey. He could say whatever he want. Yeah, he could say whatever he want that all oh, my wife, I didn't want my boobs to show and whatever. And my wife told me don't take my shirt off and whatever, dude. Like we saw an electronic. Then he's like, Oh, that was ice and stem. Nobody goes and bats with a stem machine. Like you could say whatever you want. If you now I've seen guys with the pads, but not still the cord in the device like you might have the little sticky pad still on you because i've seen guys do that because they get stem mid-game i see pitchers do that with that arm i saw softball they had one on a girl's arm here and here and then she went and pitched and she came off they hooked her up and they they stimulated her arm to make sure that blood was flowing but no you're not gonna have the wires and everything still connected to you with the device like y'all can say what y'all want but this is the thing yeah you don't have time to steal those signs I, I, I think pitchers and batters, and I think they've been sandbagging because I do see some batters, and this is OCD-ish, some batters have to do their gloves again mm-hmm. to retighten them, yep. and now they're getting that, like, that's a strike. You took too long. Like, you stepped in the box. You got Once you make eye contact, you cannot ask me for time. And the time it takes for these guys to get in the box and they have OCD and they're doing their all their deals, look, 
get it figured out. You got to get it figured out sooner than later because these pitchers are ready to go. And the pitchers are purposefully getting in the on the mound and staring them down to start that clock for the batter to say, look, you're in here. You're about to take this pitch. And I agree, Sam. It does benefit the pitchers because batters don't have time because you can cheat and read. Like, is the ball high? Is he? Did he tuck his glove under? They're not doing that. All those poker tails. Like, imagine if there was speed poker. You wouldn't get some of these reads and tells that guys give it away to say, look, I'm, I'm, I got I got pocket aces and that's why I'm pushing it all in or I'm bluffing. And now pitchers can't do that uh, or sorry, batters can't read the pitchers. And so it is throwing them off. Uh, but the Twins did put up 11 runs on the Marlins and then they got shut out zero to one the next game. So we'll see what team shows up today at 310. Twins play the Astros. Keep an eye on stem machines on some of these batters. Well, we got to talk about the Timberwolves. Um, they're down to the last two. If. The Pelicans win again. It does not matter if the twin or sorry, the Timberwolves lose. The Timberwolves have to win as well so that when they play head to head, their win puts them in the AFC, which then allows them to play the Lakers for the play in. And then they play the winner of the 9-10 game. But the fact that the Grizzlies lost to the Pelicans, does that scare you now for the Timberwolves chances against the Pelicans play in or not now? Because either way, they got to play the Pelicans or the Lakers and so what does this mean for the Timberwolves? I'll start with you, Luke. At this point, more than anything, this team just needs to win these last two games for their own confidence, for their own right. mental fortitude, more than a higher seed. I need to see eight straight quarters of some fundamental good basketball coming up just to have some sort of momentum heading into the playoffs. Obviously, in these two games, there'll be some ebbs and flows throughout each game. That's fine, but they need to win these games and just play good basketball in the process for their own confidence because right now, as we've seen all season long, this mm -hmm. is one of the most Jekyll and Hyde teams in the NBA. I know they just beat the Nets, thank goodness, but that Portland loss at home, such a gut punch. That one's still lingering in the back of their minds, I'm sure. And so they just need to figure out how to rally together, figure out how to play their best basketball at the end. Don't worry about what everybody else is doing. Don't worry about the seeding, et cetera. That's all going to take care of itself. Difference between the eight and the nine seed. Who cares at this point? There's a bigger issue here and the fact that they still haven't figured out how to play at a high level consistently for more than two, three games at a time. And come playoff time, that's the whole name of the game. No one wants to play the hot team at the end. And even though it's just two more games, they can go in with a three-game winning streak and play their mm -hmm. best basketball in the process. Then I think this roster still has enough talent to strike some fear in whoever they play. And more importantly, convince themselves here finally they can go out and win a series or two and start playing with some more confidence when it really matters here next week. Reggie, what you got? Yeah, so this has been true since I've been here in Minnesota is the Timberwolves are talented to beat any team in the league, right? Like they can beat anybody. They probably should have won that, that series against Memphis last year. Mm -hmm. Just some epic, epic collapses last year. Then we have Tim, Tim Connolly come in and, and kind of – what I, I don't call it desperation, but I, I think he just kind of overshot it doing what he did to acquire Rudy Gobert. But since Cat has come back, you've kind of seen it work. Like it's kind of been like what maybe he thought it was going to be. And, and Chris Finch has done a good job of like platooning those guys and, and just making it work, especially now without Nas Reed. Like he's going to have to really find a way to do that more. They got the Spurs. They should not lose to the Spurs. Like the the <laughs> loss to Portland was was bad enough, but like they should not lose to the Spurs. They need to beat the Spurs. And then that game against the Pelicans, even without Zion, I saw a report already this morning saying that he's probably not on schedule to play even in the play-in with that hamstring. What a disappointing like player he is. Like 
when he's in there, he's averaging like 30 points a game. But then he gets hurt on these like little nicks and dings. And as a person who's on the bigger side, I will say, we are a little bit more susceptible to those little nicks and ding type type injuries that can be like lingering, which Zion kind of dealing with that. But I think without him, they could they could be able to beat New Orleans. But Brandon Ingram, he's strong, man. Like the dude just gets buckets. So that is a team that I'm very scared of. And that's a team that that makes me a little bit worried if you're talking about the Timberwolves, not only closing out these these last two games, but also just trying to move forward in the play-in and get in like they did last year. Sam, what you got? Weirdly, I don't have confidence against even going to San Antonio. I don't have confidence in that. The Wolves have blown. I think uh, John Krasinski tweeted against the so-called tankers, so like the worst teams in the league. The Wolves are 5-10. and 10. Wow. What? What? How can that be? So, Hello, John. <laughs> the what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the Spurs are a tanker. So if the Wolves win one out of three games against tankers, yeah, I don't feel great about it. I don't feel great in that in a uh, pressure-packed Sunday matinee against the Pelicans. Don't feel great about that either. Weirdly, I feel more confident having to go to LA in the play-in game and try to beat LeBron than I do about the Spurs. That's just how weird this team is so if by some miracle they get into that game and they actually claim the eight seed i feel better about that i I, this team just plays better when they get to play up to its competition yeah i'd say yeah the timberwolves right now you're right i think it's one of those things where who you're playing matters uh it sucks to say that some teams don't need motivation like stars on the court or playoff atmosphere and all that uh it feels like the timberwolves whether it's the coaching gets better when the moment's brighter or hotter, or it's the players that step up and play. I don't know what it is, but I do know uh, they get lulled to sleep by the Spurs and they lose, uh, and the the Pelicans beat the Knicks, then they can go ahead and say, let's get ready to play the 10 seed, and then we're going to play in this play-in and hope we can get the AC. But you got to go on the road to do both. And that's tough to do. Uh, the one only positive for them is their road record is just as good as their home record. So I feel like no matter where they go, it's all about health now. So get to this game healthy, whatever that means. Uh, we had Michael Grady on the Ron Johnson show, and he bought that up as far as this team's health more so than where they play is what matters. And, and I think that's true. If they had Nas Reed, might have a little bit more confidence. Uh, but the West right now is cannibalized themselves. I, I put this question out to, to Sam and Michael Grady. Um, and, and Reggie and Luke, think about this. If I were to tell you the Timberwolves at the beginning of the season, week one, we're an opening day for the Timberwolves. And I said, hey, the Timberwolves are going to be two games back from the Suns and the Lakers or so on mm. and so forth. <laughs> what seed would you have thought they would have been if I told you that? Suns and Warriors are two games back. Three, Where would you have put them? Four. Exactly. Yeah. That's crazy. And yeah. if they just won, think about this. If they won the Timberwolves game and they won, or sorry, Timberwolves game. They are the Timberwolves. They can't beat, they can't even beat themselves. Uh, if they had won the uh, Trailblazers and the Pistons games, the ones they should have won, they would be the fourth or fifth seed. Like that's crazy to even think about. They're ninth right now. Well, before we jump into this fun topic about the NFL four by one, we're going to get to that quick before we get out of here. But we have one more word from our sponsors. BuiltMarchMadness.com. That's been where the madness is happening with your favorite bars or puffs. Voting for your favorite bars or puffs. Uh, We gave a chance to win a free box of Built Bars or a 12-month subscription simply by voting for your favorite bars or puffs at Built 
MarchMadness.com. You're voting for the best protein bars in the world. Uh, why? Because they are so high in protein and so low in sugar and still somehow miraculously covered in 100% real chocolate. I don't know how Built does it, but it's 100% real chocolate. That's legit. Uh, run to BuiltMarchMadness.com right now or Built.com and uh, load up on Built Bars, your favorite bars, your favorite puffs. You can get 15% off at Built.com with promo code LOCKDOWN15. Uh, thank you for voting at BuiltMarchMadness.com for your favorite bars and puffs. Go load up on some Built Bars today. Well, we had a fun topic I saw on Instagram and Twitter. Of course, I love when the players get involved because it's the funniest. Um, uh, like how they because it's it's a fun topic. Like there's enough seriousness going on in this world uh, to enjoy ourselves, and this is a good time to do it. The NFL started with the Buccaneers, brought this out. Then Micah Parsons jumped in it, and uh, then Darius Slay I think blew it up. Uh, and then every other, you can see a bunch of other players. So far, I think like 14 teams have responded saying, "No, I put, I put my money on us." Which maybe the NFL adds this to the comp or to the uh, to the Pro Bowl because I know they're like trying to figure out ways to make the Pro Bowl more exciting. And they used to. I don't know for those that remember, they used to have a fastest player or athlete even because I remember like Deion Sanders raced uh like bobby bonilla i mean i can't remember who or barry bonds or something but like they used to have the fastest player type of race just a fun thing to do on nbc or something um but now they could add this to the to the deal where they get on a track or they get on the field and they do like an old school like you're a kid run down when you cross the line this guy gets to go uh but the fastest four by four by one so four players you got a your fastest receiver you gotta have a, and you gotta have one from every position because this is the thing we know the dolphins would kill it probably uh, but you got to have one receiver, one DB, one linebacker, and one running back, and that's your four. They all say they're it. Like the Eagles say they're it. The Cowboys say they're it. The Bucks. But I'm gonna start with you, Luke. Who would you put in this fastest players ever? Really quick. Everyone knows DK Metcalf's fast. Let me remind you, a four three three forty is what he ran. Tariq Woolen, their fifth round cornerback last year, second fastest forty in the combine last year. Four two six. Kenneth Walker at running back, their rookie out of Michigan State, he ran a 4-3-8. And their mm -hmm. linebacker, I mean, the linebacker is always going to be the slowest just given the position they play. But Jordan Brooks from Texas Tech, he ran a 4-5-4. I know everybody wants to pick Miami. I think that's got to be right up there neck and neck. Now what you got, Sam? Um, I don't have quite as intimate knowledge of 40 <laughs> times an athletic, you know, athletic defensive tackles like Luke Inman does, but I, I'm just think like same same line of thinking. Kenneth Walker and DK Metcalf, if they're on your your relay at all, I feel like you win. Like I think if you just put out an average runner at the other two positions, you're still gonna win with the anchor leg DK Metcalf. So True, that is DK is ridiculous. Reggie, quick before we get out of here. All right, I'm gonna go with the Jets. Oh. Uh, even coming off that 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 ACL, I like uh, I like Brees Hall. They just signed Nicole Hardman. McCole is pretty fast. Uh, if we can't pick the Dolphins, I feel like this is like second best. McCole and and um, and Tyreek were teammates in Kansas City, and both of those guys are super fast. Uh, I'll take Sauce. You know, Sauce is 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 pretty fast. Mm. And uh, as far as linebacker, eh, like. I guess like I could go like CJ Mosley, but like he's not like known as being like the speedster. They may they may lose there, but I think those are my guys. 
I'm just going with the Dolphins because you got Tyreek Hill, who's a 4-2-9, and then Raheem Mostert, who's a 4-3-2. So you put those two in there. Give me Tyreek Hill over DK Metcalf, and give me Raheem Mostert over Tyreek Woolen. I think the DB uh, uh, linebacker for the Dolphins, that's what I got to look into a little bit and figure that out. I know that Xavier Howard, he's is he he's not there anymore, right? He, he got picked up no, somewhere else? Okay, so Xavier and Howard is fast. Now. Yep. So I don't remember what Jalen Ramsey was, but uh, Xavier Howard is fast. And so I just think with the Dolphins, any linebacker in that, if he can just keep up, you know, maybe put him in that second leg and say, okay, we're going to bring it home with uh, Raheem Mostard and or you get Raheem Mostard to start it off. Then you go to the any linebacker they get, you know, maybe even their rookie they bring in this year. But then Tariq Hill at the end. I'd love to see him and DK anchoring a four by one like that would be made for like that's that's appointment TV. Like, cause that's the race we've all been waiting to see. Tyreek Hill always acts like, well, I'm not really going to run when it's time to run. And they did the fastest players in the world or whatever. And Tyreek Hill didn't show up for it. He kind of didn't run. So yeah, I'd be interested to see if they're like, put a million dollars on it. I guarantee you get the fastest out of all of them. Like you give each of them a meal. You could get a meal out of a bunch of sponsors. I mean, we got enough sponsors that would pay a million dollars. I mean, we're paying $500,000 to the MTV challenge people that win that. So you're telling me we can't scrounge up uh four million dollars or even you know five hundred thousand dollars a player, two million dollars to the winning four by one uh for the NFL's fastest team award? Oh, come on, man. We that's that's easy. I think Jeff Bezos would do it just to only stream it on Amazon. Like, think about how many views he get on Amazon if he streamed that. Everybody's gonna tune in Amazon Live. Uh, but I'm Ron Johnson. That's Luke Inman, that's Reggie Wilson, that's Sam Extra. We want to thank you for joining us on the Locked On Sports Minnesota Friday Roundtable. Remember, people, Amazon Fire and Roku. You can just download it right there on your TV. Amazon Fire or Roku devices. Just search Locked On Sports Minnesota in your apps, it'll download right to your TV. And then also, again, wherever you get your podcast, Spotify, iTunes. Uh, wherever you go, iHeartMedia app, please just go to Locked On Sports Minnesota, hit that follow, subscribe button. We could use it. And like Sam said, we're, what, uh, nine followers or, or nine subscribers away from 5,000? We need you, people. Let's get us this nine. All right. Thank you, and have a great weekend.